everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. Do you know that the last words of Jesus on earth were, Disciples, go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations. And now here we are, all these years later, a lot of people groups have not yet been reached. So we want to talk about how do you reach the people in Afghanistan or Bhutan or whatever? How do you bring the gospel? There are many people groups that have never once heard the name of Jesus. So we're bringing in an expert today, and I want you to meet Dave. And Dave uh, Gibson is the missions pastor at Grace Church, a uh, big church here in the Twin Cities. Uh, you've been doing that for 29 years. Correct. And so we're going to get into this whole issue of uh, how do you reach these people? And there still are people groups that have never heard about Jesus. So that's this half hour. But before we get into that, Dave, I always like to ask our guests, because I think it's really interesting, how did you come to know Christ? Tom, it's great to be with you today. I, I, you use that word expert kind of loosely, unless the expert is the X as a has-been and the spurt is a drip under pressure. Maybe, uh -huh. maybe I fit that uh, definition of an expert. But, uh, you know, uh, back, I grew up in a Christian home. I tell people I had a serious drug problem growing up. I, I got drugged to church all the time. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm thankful for it. I, I was a very prideful young man, uh, absorbed with myself. Uh, pretty successful in football, basketball, and baseball. I was captain on all three of my sports teams at North St. Paul. I grew up on the east side of St. Paul. Went to North Senior High and um, dating the homecoming queen. Mm. And uh, didn't really have room for the Lord in my life. I had a 12-inch gap between my head and my heart. I knew the Christmas story and the Easter story. But I had this gaping hole in my soul. As Pascal said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man that can only be filled by God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And I was trying to stuff all these things in that God-shaped void in my own life and success and approval of others as an approval addict and on the performance treadmill and experiencing a lot of successes. A good friend of mine committed suicide when I was 17 years old going into my senior year in high school. He was a teammate of mine in football and basketball, quite a good athlete. But that incident really shook me up. It, uh, caused me to reflect on what's my purpose in life and more importantly where would I spend eternity what did I have to offer my friend Mark who took his life oh. I went to church I got drugged to church again heard a man speaking on the ultimate rejection in Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus said in that day when we're standing before him he said many many will say to me Lord Lord even call him Lord profess him but not really possess Christ mm -hmm. And did I not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform any miracles in your name? And, and here was the ultimate rejection when Jesus looks us in the eye and he says, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And I just imagine myself standing before the Lord and him saying those words to me. And it was that day, my senior year in high school, where I bowed my knee to Christ, trusted him as my Lord and Savior, and changed my life completely. So you got saved your last year of high school? I did. Okay. And then, Dave, I met you at a conference called Finishing the Task. Campus right. Crusade for Christ now has this program that they're going hard after people that have never heard the gospel. 
And I want to tell people, this is where I want to leave my money mm. and give my money. Mm. Uh, this group, and also it's, there's something called International Christian Concern mm. that helps the persecuted church. But tell people, what is this thing called finishing the task? Okay. Well, it's actually, it goes beyond Campus Crusade for Christ. Paul Eshelman is one of the guys spearheading this effort, and he was, if people are familiar with the, the Jesus, Jesus Film, Film Project, yep. he was the kind of the pioneer and the guy who spearheaded that whole effort. Which brings, in all kinds of languages, the, right. the story of Christ to the big screen for people to get converted through. Right. 1,400 languages now, I think, they have the Jesus Film tra dubbed into. And my money, I, that's so, where I send my money to, I have yeah, anyway. It's yep. reached billions, literally billions of people have been exposed to the gospel. So wonderful. Uh, back in 2000, uh, at the Billy Graham Amsterdam 2000 gathering, 10,000 evangelists were convened in Amsterdam. And there's a subset of leaders within that 10,000 group of about 600 leaders. Paul Eshelman was commissioned, charged by Dr. Billy Graham to bring these ministry leaders together to talk about this whole idea of finishing the task. Here we are 2,000 years into this, and the one thing that will happen before the Lord returns is Matthew 24, 14. He all says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a testimony to, to all, all nations. nations, all ethnos, and mm -hmm. then the end will come. Well, uh, there was a group of people within that gathering that was called Table 71, made up of uh, leaders from the Southern Baptists, uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, uh, uh, the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptists I mentioned, and uh, Campus Crusade and other leaders started talking, saying, why couldn't we work together to get this job done? And uh, out of that came this vision to accelerate this whole effort. It's not that people weren't trying to complete the task before, but there was a concerted effort. And it's real organized. It is. And they've, they've identified what people groups have not yet heard the gospel. Right. And are they having success? They are, and uh, it's, it's beautiful. We're, I think we could see the finish line in this generation. It's so exciting what God is doing. There's an estimated, depends on how you break them down, uh, ethno-linguistic groups. There's about 12,000 total groups give or take. Some, some groups will measure it differently depending on the size. And never heard the name of Christ? No, that's the total number of people groups. Oh. Half of those would be considered reached, about 6,000. Okay. Then half of those groups, about 3,000, would be considered unreached or unengaged where there are no workers, no gospel witness, okay. no church planting movements. And what parts of the world are the most unreached? Well, there's an area in the world that is commonly known as the 1040 window, 10 degrees north latitude and 40 degrees south latitude, where in this window in the Middle East and North Africa and Central Asia is the highest concentration of unreached people groups, people who have never heard the gospel. So we're talking Northern Africa, we're talking Asia. North Africa, India, Nepal, uh, the Middle East, the MENA region, Middle East, North okay. Africa would okay. be the highest concentration. Okay. You have your highest levels of illiteracy, poverty, disease, spiritual darkness. It's the epicenter for Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam, Islam. three major world religions, about 3.5 billion Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists have yet to, are pretty much out, outside of a, the reach of a, a, a gospel Any witness. Any success bringing them the gospel? Well, it's exciting because God is moving. He's bringing his church together. And I think people who have been praying through that 1040 window, we're seeing a move of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. They estimate there's more Muslims have come to Christ in the last 20 years 
than the previous 1,400 years combined. Wow. And so, so what countries? Oh, places like Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia. Really? Yeah, we did a big project in uh, the Middle East, the 50 unengaged, unreached people groups. Uh, Christian leaders have gone over this list. Paul Eshelman distributed it to over 20,000 leaders through the past 10 years, and nobody's ever adopted these groups. These are people for over 2,000 years yeah. that have been just chasing into a Christless yeah. eternity. And so, uh, how, and so what they do, because I went to this conference too, They'll get a church to adopt this people group in Bhutan, right? And and they'll they'll pray and they'll go sometimes, or what they'll do they go, do? Yeah, they'll send teams, or they come alongside a proximate church where there might be a reached people group in an area, and then they try to the near culture and near uh, uh, geographical uh, proximity. They'd, they'd send laborers who would understand the culture, understand the and language. they help them go in. And they help them so, uh -huh. and try to deploy them. Uh, we're using this end-to-end -end strategy where they, we've got, we'll dub the Jesus film into their language. Jesus film, faith comes by hearing. Dealing with predominantly, you know, will have about 60 to 70 percent of these cultures will be functionally illiterate. Okay. So you can't just print a Bible and hand it to them. Right. It, it just wouldn't be practical. Okay. So they uh, have oral tools and uh, oral scriptures, uh -huh. uh, set up discovery Bible studies. Uh, and uh, the Bible societies, uh, United Bible Societies, American Bible Societies are collaborating with the different church planting organizations. There's a group called the Global Alliance for Church Multiplication, which is a subset of this whole group of finishing the task. Okay. That's working together to plant churches. And in so for regions. instance, you're one of the pastors at a huge church. Right. And they've adopted, a f your church has adopted a few of these people groups? Yeah, we took on a project last year in the MENA region, Middle East, North Africa, which would be 14 countries uh, where they have 50 unengaged, unreached people groups. Okay. And we actually were working with church planters who came out of Al-Qaeda Al and Taliban. These are former jihadists. They were, so Muslim converts yeah, to Christ. Yeah, they've come to Christ, the most unlikely source of uh, church planters. And they are, they, we, I had a meeting in, in a, I can't disclose the location, but in that region, and uh, they looked at me and they said, you know, we were willing to die for the devil. Uh, now we're willing to die for Jesus. Wow. And they looked at me and the others in our our group and said, are you willing to die for Jesus? Oh my. And to hear their stories, it's unbelievable how they'd be taken up as young boys and taught how to kill chicks with their bare feet, little chickens, so they could desensitize them to, to killing. And then they'd graduate to killing babies and then women. And then eventually oh. when they could kill a man, they, oh they became a full-blown jihadist and wow. they would tell these horrific stories. But oh. the Lord Really, largely uh, through the prayers, I believe the Holy Spirit's moving. They estimate 25 to 30 percent of these these Muslims are coming to seeing dreams and visions of I've Jesus. I've heard of that. That Muslims get dreams because they won't allow the gospel. Right. Well, you know, Paul said some uh, to the Jew, to the Greek, he uh, are seeking wisdom. To the Jew, they're seeking signs. And the, the Middle Eastern mind is. It has more of an openness to uh, miracles. the miracles, and yeah. and uh, God is miraculously re revealing Jesus to these people, and they're Wonderful. coming to Christ. By, wow! And there's evangelists now. Yeah, this you don't hear about. No. And you had a you had a mosque story that yeah. I wanted. I didn't hear it. What was the mosque story? Well, we were uh, we have a sister church partnership. There's four churches in Iraq that we're partnering with uh, in Mosul, Dahok. Uh, Erbil up in the north in the Kurdish region, but there's one in, right in the heart of Baghdad. 
It's just amazing what God is doing there. There's about 400 believers there. There's a church right in the heart of Baghdad with a cross on the top. There is. And it says, Jesus is the light of the world. And it's shining. This church has got cement barricades around the outside to protect it oh from uh, attack. But pastor there, i make a long story short. We were uh, there ministering to about 500 refugee families. There's just been this huge influx of refugees even into Baghdad. And there's uh, an area where Saddam Hussein had a bombed out area one of his major compounds, and this is where a lot of these refugees have relocated. And we went in to feed and uh, pass out clothing, had a big truckload of goods. The imam of the local community mosque came out. He was so grateful. He said, will you come into the mosque and have tea with us? Really? So we're in this mosque and uh, exchanging pleasantries, just chit-chat. And the one a man sitting across from me, his name was Razim, he said, I don't believe in the Bible. I think it's corrupted. And I said, well, did somebody else tell you that or did you discover that for yourself? I said, have you read the Bible? He said, no. I said, do you know the central message of the Bible? He said, no. I said, do any of you know the central message of the Bible? And they said, no. I said, well, I'd encourage you to read the Bible. The central message of the Bible changed my life. And they said, well, well, what was the central message of the Bible? <laughs> it's called fishing. <laughs> yeah, and I okay. said, after many years of evangelism training, I perceived that it might be a witnessing opportunity. I, I said, you know, the, Jesus said, you search the scriptures. You think in these you have eternal life. It sees there, bear witness of me. I said, from cover to cover, it's shouting out who God is, how you can know him through his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, I said, Jesus is the most remarkable person who ever walked the face of the earth. He, he fed the poor, he walked on water, he cast out demons, he performed many miracles, and he claimed to be God. And I can talk until I'm blue in the face and trying to convince you that Jesus is the Son of God. But you know, he came with a message of love. And you know how much he loves you? He loves you, and he loves you. And I went all the way around the mosque. I said, he loves you, and you, and you, and you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And I said, you know how much he loves you? He loves you this much. Stretched out his arms on a cross. And he died on the cross for your sins. And I said, Buddha didn't die for your sins. Gandhi didn't die for your sins. And I didn't go there with Muhammad. But I said, no other, no other religious leader died for your sins. And he was buried. And in three days, all the powers of hell could not hold him back. The demons and the devil himself, death in the grave. He Rose burst again. forth from the grave. He's alive today. And he's as real as the nose on my face. He ascended into heaven. And he's here with us now. And he says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart. And I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. And uh, what they do? I invited them to come. I didn't give an altar call. I didn't think it was appropriate. Uh -huh. in the, uh -huh. I, I said, you know, the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You'll this be is saved. all taking place inside the mosque. In the mosque. And, and so For over an hour, we talked. What, so they, what, what was their response? I invited uh, them to come to our meetings. We had. Almost 200 Iraqis gave their hearts to Jesus. I was speaking with Victor Hashway. As a result of this? Not as a result of okay. this one, but during the course of the week. That next night, Razim, the man who asked me, said he didn't believe in the Bible. He was there. Abu Dawood, the imam, was there. And Laith, they all came. And, uh, did they accept Christ? They walked the aisle and they gave their hearts they to the did. Lord. They yeah. did? So the imam did? Yes. Did he stop being an imam? Yes. And now we've got imams that are starting to come to the Baghdad church. Wow. It's unbelievable. So they, they don't go to the, uh, temp, uh, the no, mosque anymore. No. So they're real conversions. They're really going on. born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. 
Mama it's mia. remarkable. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's All right. So those are some successes. In, and where is the gospel spreading the fastest, would well, you say? What part of the world? Well, you know, a place, uh, Nepal back in uh, around the year 2000, they had a, just barely a handful of believers back in the day. And now I, they would say Nepal would be that country you're probably seeing some of the fastest growth. China? In the, China. Yeah. yeah, they estimate that could be anywhere between 100 and 120 million believers in China, more Christians in China than in the United States. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they say. Okay. And I've had a chance to meet some of those house church leaders, and yes. there's this whole church planting movement, and we're, we're seeing this happen all around the world. We're praying that it'll happen right here in our own Twin Cities. We've got groups coming together. We're saying, well, if these CPMs, church planting movements, can happen in these other countries, amongst ethnic minority groups, why couldn't it happen here? Well, sure. we've got 96 ethnic groups in the Twin Cities and nearly a million people right on our own doorsteps. So. so those are some success areas. Where are areas that still just are not budging to open themselves to the gospel? Well, it, it's still the, hard, the Muslim world is still, okay, is, the as much as we're seeing a lot of people come to the Lord, it's still the the, the these most these, yeah. these uh, jihadists that are now Christians did their families disown them? Or? Oh yeah, and yeah. they're uh, they're marked men. Yeah, and they have a death sentence on them. Yeah, and uh, they become the infidel. Yeah, and uh, some we I've got pictures of uh, some of our church planters who've been crucified. Oh, and uh, beheaded. And oh. It's just grotesque. In the name of Allah. Yeah. 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 And it is. I mean. All right, so let's say people are watching this and they go to a church that maybe doesn't have missions on their mind. And an in, let's say an individual or a church is watching this and they want to know how can I adopt one of these unreached people groups and then once we adopt, because Campus Crusade for Christ will tell you the names of a ton of them. Right. And then what do they do to adopt that group and then how do they reach that group? How, what's the process? Well, uh, I would encourage them to get connected to where you, you and I met. Uh, again, we've met before, mm -hmm. and I've had such a high regard for you, Tom, and your ministry. Turn I up just, the mic. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. just, the, no. the Lord is using your brother. But we were out in <laughs> California together. There's mm -hmm. a group called Finishing the Task mm -hmm. at Rick Warren's church. Yes. Rick Warren was one of the plenary speakers along with Louis Giglio. Yep. If the folks would like to get inspired, they could register and come to the next Finishing the Task conference. Yeah, if bring a, you one or two people from your church. Bring a pastor yep. and they could find out and uh, we have got workshops. You can also go to the Finishing the Task website. Yep. We've got it on the screen. You okay. contact me personally, you could email me. There you go. Also, uh, the Issachar Initiative. Issachar uh, was a small tribe of Israel. They were wise and they understood the times and they knew what to do and that's why they call it this kind yeah, of... That, that is a good idea. Maybe the first step is for you to, what is it, every year they have this conference? Yeah. And it was powerful. What great speakers. Yeah, 680 you, people from 48 countries there. Yeah, it was and powerful. And you find out what's going on. Oh. I'd, I'd start researching, start praying. Oh. And churches, individual churches could say, hey, we could take on that particular people group. We could 
help with the church planting movement. We've got this whole end-to-end -end strategy. We'd love right. to plug churches in. And, and, and if they can't, let's say they're an older person and they're not going to be able to get out of the house much, you can, go, again, finishingthetask.com, you can go there, you can pray for those concerns, you can give money to other people right. who, who could take the gospel there. So that's a good idea. If you can't get to the conference, at least go to Finishing the Task website. Right. And you can, you've got your own uh, Dave period Gibson at Grace period Church, and they can call and talk right. to you. Right. And uh, be happy to help uh, steer them in that direction. The Lord is moving the body of Christ to come together in unprecedented ways. Prayer, we can all pray. Joshua Project has an unreached people group of the day. I get it on email every day. Mm. It's just as a constant and reminder. you just pray for that yeah, group? Yeah, and it'll give you an unreached people group, some of the demographics and where they are and uh -huh. some of the needs and how you can specifically pray. You can start giving towards uh, finishing the task. Uh, the whole goal is to count for zero. And I, listeners can say, you know, I want my life to count for zero. Or there would be zero languages. There's 7,000 languages, a third of them uh, have the Bible in their own language, another third have the Bible partially in their language, but there's a third of the languages that don't even have the Word of God. And a third? A third. And we're making progress. Ooh. It's probably under that now. And there's a goal by 2025 to have every language where mm -hmm. there would be scripture in those languages. Mm -hmm. Zero languages without a Bible, zero villages without a church. Uh, they could get involved with the, the Global church, uh, Alliance for Church Multiplication. Uh, zero people groups. Uh, that have never heard the gospel, and uh, zero oral cultures without an oral witness, and zero, bottom line, zero people who've never heard the good news of Jesus mm. and say, you know, I want my life to count for zero. Mm -hmm. We can be a part of finishing the task. That'd be great. I know that's on your heart, it's yes. on my heart. And, and I just want to preach to the people at home, <laughs> really pray about this. First of all, pray for these people that don't know Christ all over the world, that God will send them someone. You know, Jesus said, uh, pray to the Lord of harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So I pray regularly, God, send lots of labors to get these people into the kingdom of Christ. So start praying, but then go to finishingthetask.com. Go to one of their conferences. But I hope your church uh, has missionaries and that you support them. And if you don't, get that going on in your church. Amen. And, you know, Dave, we've got, oh, we've got a few minutes. One more question for you, Dave. Um, just in case somebody's watching this show, and maybe they're not following Christ right now. When you go into Iraq, to a village that has never heard the gospel, just to, to, to summarize again, what exactly is the good news? The, God, that's what the word gospel means good news. What precisely is the good news that you tell people so they convert? I use a little acronym called G-O-S-P-E-L. God, God created us to be with him, to have a relationship with him. All things were created by him and for him. Jesus said, I came to give you life, give it abundantly. And he said, this is eternal life that we can know him, the true and living God. But there's a problem. Our, our sins have separated us from God. The Bible says all of us have sinned. We fall short of the glory of God, and that sin separates us. Because God is holy, he's perfect. Not one sin will get into heaven. Not a little corner of hell in heaven. And the wages of sin is death, physical, spiritual, and eternal death separated from that holy God for eternity. And sins can't be removed by good works, by being religious. It doesn't matter what the label is on an empty bottle. You can be a Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic, Mormon, whatever you are, it doesn't matter what the label is. A Christian is one in whom Christ dwells. And so our sins can't be removed by good works, by being religious, by philosophy. 
but paying the price for sin. This is the good news. Jesus died and rose again. That's God it. became a man. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried, rose again. And uh, he says, if we will confess, everyone who trusts in him alone will have eternal life. And uh, the Bible says, if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead will be saved, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. He says, I give eternal life to you. You'll never perish, and no one will snatch you out of my hand. But it, it involves... So G, God created you. O? Our sins. Uh, S? Sins can't be removed by good P, works. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. E? Everyone who trusts in him alone will have L, eternal life, and that life with Jesus starts wonderful. now and so lasts forever. So that's the forever. gospel. He died for our sins, rose from the dead. Yeah. First, first Corinthians 15. Amen. Well, so that's what we tell people so they're saved. And, you know, we got two minutes, and... Dare I bring this up? You, I'm a Lutheran, everybody, and I'm grieved if you've seen our show. I would send no one to Gustavus Adolphus College. It's not liberal. It's radically liberal. Coming from, like, the campus ministry, which is supposed to be Lutheran, very pro-gay, pro-transgenderism. Uh, some teach that everybody goes to heaven. I wouldn't send anyone to my Lutheran college, Gustavus. You went to Gustavus. I did. And, and you got... And you I graduated. Got, <laughs> and you graduated. And you got, uh, just a minute... What, God can break through even at Gustavus. Tell Amen. us what happened. Amen. I went down there as a brand new Christian, thrown into the football team. Probably a couple of other guys were really walking with the Lord. Started an FCA group. The Lord really taught me about brokenness and just total surrender to Him. And I planted my flag with Christ, started an FCA with our football coach. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And sometimes he and I were the only ones to show up. But in the four years, and we started praying for the campus, we had over 300 people meeting for Bible study and meeting for our FCA yes. group. And, yes. and we prayed that we could share Jesus with every person on that campus. And we got together every morning and prayed. And uh, revival and awakening broke out. We had hundreds came to Christ. Had wow. half our student body came to an evangelistic outreach. Wow. We had literally hundreds in, indicated trusting Christ. Is so, that great? Yeah. Well, and sadly, things have become even much more radical there. Right. But I do think there is a, still a Christian presence. It's not necessarily coming out of the Lutheran uh, people there, right. but there's a, a still a, a Christian evangelical presence there. Yeah, so. God always has a remnant, and yep. that was back in the late 70s. Yep. <laughs> but uh, dates me a little bit, but we need to pray for those places. Oh, we and do. People will stand oh, for Christ. We and, sure do. Well, listen, everybody, we got 43 seconds. Thank you so much, Dave. Tom, Lord and bless you. God bless you. Yeah, and thanks for your ministry. You bet. And everybody, I want you to pray. God, what do you want me to do to finish the task of reaching the world for Christ? Again, Jesus' last words on earth, go ye therefore, and we're not even close to finishing the task, but would you be part of this? Pray about it. Uh, go to the website, uh, these websites. Uh, give, pray, go. Maybe you're supposed to be a missionary. But pray on this, and I hope you say some prayers before you go to bed tonight for the lost people in the world. Amen. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, 
Would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.